everyone this morning. It's just um, such a joy to be here with all of you this morning and those that are tuning in online this morning. Um, I'm just going to jump right in into the Word this morning, and let's just uh, pray, okay? God, thank you so much for this morning. God, thank you for um, our community of Sense Place. Thank you for the people that you have brought here this morning and the people that you have uh, brought online to, to watch us this morning, oh God. God, I just pray, Jesus, God, that you speak through me today, Lord God. Call my nerves, God, because I am nervous. <laughs> and I pray, Lord God, you know my heart, you know my desire is for people to come to know you. That's all, Jesus, God. So let me decrease. And may you increase through me today. May your words be, um, you know, a challenging word for anyone that needs it today, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So um, today I just want to open up with um, a, a question. I want to challenge myself and all of you this morning. Are we living out our faith throughout our circumstances and our limitations, or are we allowing them to dictate our response? Last week, Kristen talked about how we are alive in hope for a response. She mentioned how those close to Jesus remain engaged and had the tenacity to walk through suffering, the tenacity to walk to pain, even without them knowing what was coming next. That was last Friday, remember? Uh, the woman after the crucifixion, in between, they were waiting. They didn't know what was coming but they still remain engaged. So even today, we are to remain engaged within our circumstances. We must live by faith and not by sight. As we hope for the future, we must live with the confidence that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. I mean, I can't even grasp that. When you think of that, like, what God, the same power that raised you from the dead is inside of me, then why am I living dead, right? So today, you know what? We must believe and do what he says he's going to do. So let's go to Numbers 23, 19. God is not a human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? If what this verse is saying is that God is perfect in all his thoughts, and he's trustworthy in all his way, or like men who often distort the facts and twist the truth, right? Or God is unchangeable and unchanging. He, we have the assurance of God himself that his word is to be trusted. If you go to Malachi 3, 6, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. Amen. And thank God for that. See, faith involves confident reaction to what God has made known to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. Hebrews 11, 1 defines faith. Faith is the confidence on what we hope and the assurance of what we, we, we do not see. Faith for us is the result of believing in the gospel. The good news that Jesus died for our sins and made a way for us to be right with God and spend eternity in heaven. When we allow that reality to the gospel to affect every area of our lives, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we behave, and it should change the way we respond within our circumstances today. Faith causes us to act on what we have not experienced, guys, yet to believe and promise in the Bible. Or those promises that had not been fulfilled yet, but to trust God that our situations when they had not changed. I have three points today that will help us to see how our faith in God can impact our lives and the, and the lives of others around us. Because faith, when it impacts us, it should impact others around us as well. Amen? Not only us, right? So the first point is, faith in God gives us courage. We will need to believe in order to see. Walking in faith gives us the ability to do so. 
but something scares us. Maybe leave, maybe leave in a job. Maybe God is calling you to vocational ministry. Maybe it's time for you to have that uncomfortable conversation with someone that you've been putting off too long because trying to avoid conflict. You know, I don't know what you're afraid to do today because I know all of us are afraid to do things sometimes, right? But you know what? Courage gives us the, the, the courage comes directly from our faith in God. And our confidence in God will guide us directly and affect the risk we are willing to take and to deal with whatever we're facing and not to ignore it. Because you know what? In God, we could be bold. He gives us boldness to act in the midst of when we are afraid. And with that, we're going to go to um, Hebrews 11.6. I love this verse so much. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen. And to that, let's go to this story that I love so much. We're going to go to Exodus 2.1. Let me know when you're there. All right. I love this story so much. This is the story of a woman named Joseph, the mother of Joseph, the mother, the mother of Moses. In this passage, you will see in the display the faith of a mother in the time where Pharaoh, out of fear that the Israelites would outnumber the Egyptians, he has ordered to kill all the Hebrew baby boys by throwing him into the Nile River. Exodus 2, 1, 10. The birth of Moses. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could not hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated him with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at, the, at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bend. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. And you know why she knew that? Because back then, the, the way the babies were circumstanced were different. So she, she was able to distinguish that that was a Hebrew baby, not an Egyptian baby. Then his sister asked Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, should I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby mother's. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Then the child grew older. She took him into Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Wow. I don't know about you, but that story there alone is just incredible. What an impossible situation, right? Going back to the beginning, we can see Joseph was a woman in faith in God. Her faith in God gave her bonus. And she hid Moses for three months, defying Pharaoh's orders. Not because she wanted to go against him, but she wanted to protect her child. And this mom, and you know mom's here, right? We do anything to protect her child, right? So she did the same back then in her time. She needed to do what she needed to do. But she, she knew she could not hide him anymore. You know, she got faith. Her faith gave her courage to act because that's what happened to us too. When we have faith, we need to act on it. We cannot just... Be, be you comfortable and not do anything about it, right? There's a quote that goes like this. Courage is not an action in the absence of fear, but it's action in spite of fear. And I'm sure Joseph must have been afraid, yet she pushed through her fear by trusting God with her son Moses. 
She made a basket, and she made it the right way. She waterproofed it with the right material. I mean, she thought of everything. How can she even got a clear mind, right? Doing all of that. She thought of everything, but that is God working in us, even when we can't even think right. To be able to carry the baby and sustain him through the, through the river. I mean, can you imagine how hard this must have been for her? I can't even imagine as a mom. I used to read this story all the time when I had a challenging situation with my children. I used to go back to this story like, God, like, you know what? You gave her away. You made a way for her, made a way for me and for my family, made a way for my son, made a way for my daughter. I know you could work in this situation. And I noticed, and you notice here how she lay, <clears throat> excuse me, Moses' basket in the Nile River. The same river where Pharaoh had ordered to, to turn every single neuron baby boy, yet his life was spared. The river that meant to kill him led him to his rescue. Amen? Moses' basket made it to the place where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing and took that child, recognizing it was a Hebrew baby boy. She felt sorry for him. God gave her compassion, not the hatred that her their father had to kill other baby Hebrew boys. She felt compassion towards him. Miriam, Moses' sister, being washing the basket down the river, approaches her and asks her if she can go and find a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby. And she said yes. So Miriam goes and she gets her mom. I mean, look at what the Lord has done here. Moses goes back to his mother's care. And he's paid by Pharaoh, not just to his mother's care, but she's getting paid for. You know, and raising until the boy was older. I mean, talk about the evidence of God's grace. And so reigning in this situation, Moses was saved because God was at work. And Joseph responded to have faith in God in the midst of her impossible situation. And that here, we could learn so much from this story. Well, we could learn from this story that nothing is impossible for God, amen? Because nothing is impossible for him. We choose to respond in courage. And that's it. We remain engaged in our circumstances. And by remaining engaged with God, he's going to give us the ability to respond in courage. And he could do that for you today. He could do that for me. He could do that for all of us. Whatever we're facing today, we don't know the outcome. Because you know what? When Joseph put that child through that river, I mean, I can't even imagine what she told me. I don't know where my son is going to end up. She didn't know what was going to happen. But he ended up in, in the palace of all places, right? In the palace. And his life was spared. If you don't know the story of Moses, I would, I would encourage you to go to the Bible and read after this chapter because it's going to blow your mind away. I mean, what God does for us. Amen? And with that, we're going to go to um, my second point today. Faith in God gives us stability. You see, faith in God allows us to experience stability during instability. And, you know, if there was a year that we all experienced instability was last year, right? And even until this year, we're still experiencing that. You know, life is feeling out of control. We have to arrange our living situation to accommodate kids working from home, us working from home. Some of us lost jobs. Some of us started new jobs. We lost people due to COVID. I mean, our whole world was turned upside down. Life felt out of control. But you know what? When life feels out of control, we could take comfort that God is still in control. Even though we do not see it, faith gives us the ability, the, the stability in the midst of chaos. In this world, we will, not, we will not receive peace of mind from the government, from the ruler of this world. Nothing, will, nothing they do will come or anxiety. Nothing they will do guarantee or safety or security. Nothing. We are to be able to be alert 
And we need to be watchful always of what we listen to, what we put into our minds, whose word are we allowed to influence us, anything we hold, we hold on to, or government, family, or jazz, can only offer a, a false sense of security. Okay, so don't think, I have a job today, I'm going to be fine. You know what, things like that that we hold on to. Let me see what the government is going to do about this situation. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter because you know what? The only one that can offer real and authentic peace that surpasses all understanding is our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no one else that can provide us the stability in our lives but Jesus. So let's get that clear, friends, today and every single day. No one else can give you stability. No one else can give you peace like Jesus does. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things, so in me you can have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I cannot tell you how many times last year, man, I claimed this over my life. And, and I kept praying that, God, I know you, did not, you have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind through days and our circumstances. At the beginning of 2020, my husband and I had a trip to Israel to meet our daughter last year. And this is before COVID started, guys, last year in January. And, and her husband there. A week before our, our trip, my mom had a heart attack last year. My mom is diabetic, so when, she, when diabetic people have a heart attack, you don't feel it. It's a silent killer. So she didn't feel it. The only way we were known there was something going on with her because her blood pressure was extremely high and my mom was very weak. We were taken to the hospital and there, and there after a few tests, they confirmed that she indeed had a heart attack. The cardiologist found three black arteries in her heart. Two of them were 98% blackish and the other one was 75%. Immediately they do surgery, place two stents into to the two arteries that on my mom that have full blackish and they plan another surgery for, their, for the third artery for a month later, the one in my mom to regain strength. Um, and you know, with all of that, I decided to cancel that trip. I, want, I didn't want to leave my mom. I wanted to be here for my mom. I remember my mom is like, no, you're not canceling that trip. Your daughter is waiting for you. And Joshua, you're going to go on that trip and you're going to see your daughter. Because, I mean, I only get to see my daughter once a year. So she knew that was important for me and it was important for my mom. And even though she was laying down in the hospital bed, my mom was thinking about me. You gotta go see your daughter. So I talked to the cardiologist. He assured me, go to your trip. Your mom's gonna be okay. Um, she, with this surgery, she's recovering. And um, they were able to send my mom home. I spent that, 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 that night with her, prayed with her. And, um, and then I went home and packed that night because the trip was supposed to be in the next morning. <laughs> I called my daughter, I said, we are on our way. I will miss you in Israel, you know, so. Um, through the same time, in Puerto Rico, my family were experiencing earthquakes and um, tremors back to back. I don't know if you remember those news last year. Was Puerto Ricans, I know we do, right? Our families were nervous. They were terrified, afraid. My father was afraid to even be inside the house in case something would happen. There was just so much going on at once. And then we get to Israel, and of course, something else had to happen. Bombing starts in Iraq, <laughs> which is the country right near Israel. And we spend time praying. We say, wow, there's so much going on. My mom is like this there, my dad. And then now here, there's just so much going on. We knew 
that we needed to be praying. So my, my, my daughter, my husband, people that were with us, we spent a lot of time in prayer through that time for God's protection and peace over our minds. Within four days to the trip, I called my mom, and I noticed she did not sound well. I immediately sensed something was not okay with her. Her voice sounded very tired. So I asked her to hand the, <clears throat> to hand the phone to my aunt. So I asked her to hand the phone to my aunt, and my aunt said she was not feeling okay that day. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, my God. So they took my mom. Uh, so I didn't want to take any chances, so I called my sister, and I said, my sister, please go check on our mom. I think something's going on with her. So my sister went to the house. She go see my mom, and my mom was not feeling okay, so she took her to the doctor to emergency, and indeed they confirmed that my mom just had another heart attack right there. And I want to take time to just um, say thank you to all of those that prayed for my mind through that time. That was a really hard time for a family and I'm thankful for that we have a community that we could count on and people that really praise. And I know that that was a miracle right there. Uh, so my mom had another heart attack. So my mom goes into surgery. And um, so, you know, I felt so bad because I was, you know, I was in Israel, and I didn't know any, any, I couldn't be here for her. But all I can do was pray. God said, yes, you can do something. You could continue to pray for her while you're here. So we continue to pray. And let me tell you, the, the Lord gave us that peace that he promises in the Bible to those that trust in him. In the midst of so much going on, we were able to experience that peace that he talks about that surpasses all understanding. So when my mom was in surgery, I received a call from my dad from Puerto Rico. That was at 3.30 a.m. my time in Israel, 7 a.m. in Puerto Rico, 7 afternoon in Puerto Rico. I was up praying for my mom, waiting for her surgery to be over. Uh, my, my dad had just watched the news about Iraq, and he knew about my mom, and, and he called, and he was experiencing earthquakes in Puerto Rico that week on those nights. He was so frightened. And he called me, and he was just so nervous and so frightened even for myself. And I remember telling him, Dad, I'm okay. Really, that I'm at peace. I, I, I don't want you to worry that. We've been praying. I can tell you that we are okay here. Nothing's going to happen to us. I don't want you to worry. If anything, listening to my dad, it broke my heart as I was listening to him because he sounded so afraid, and I wanted him to experience the same peace that I was experiencing at that, at that time, at that moment. My heart broke for him, and I want him to experience that. So the Lord at that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to share about the peace that I was experiencing. Where did that come from? How can my dad can obtain that peace? So I went ahead and I shared with my dad about God. And I asked him, God, I said, Dad, do you want to experience that peace that I'm feeling right now? That peace that surpasses all understanding. And with tears in his eyes, sorry, my dad said, yes, I do. And you know what? My sister and his wife was in the other line, and my dad, and we prayed together for my dad, and we led my dad to Christ that night. My dad accepted Jesus on that night. You know, this was a prayer on my heart. I've been praying for my dad for over 30 years to come to Christ. And you know what? How, how is it that God, in the moment that never in a million years I would have thought that my dad would come to Christ like that, in the midst of that was going on, and that's why... You know, I tell you, friends, that in times of chaos, when we remain engaged with God, he could do things that 
we cannot even imagine. And that day there, if I would have not been faithful in prayer through that time, when I picked up that phone, I was ready. I was ready to minister to my dad. I was ready to give him comfort to the words of God through me to him. All the way to Puerto Rico from Israel. So it doesn't matter where we are. You know, God works all the time. After I hang out the phone with my dad, we met Frankie wake up and I said, what is going on? You're preaching. I was in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was, it was 3.30 in the morning. But you know what? I was, oh God, and just being obedient to what he asked me to do. So I hang out the phone with my dad. My sisters called me. My mom's surgery went well. So it was so ironic that at the same time that my dad, that God was working, my mom having having surgery in her heart. My dad was also having surgery in his heart in a spiritual way. Amen. So amazing how God works. So friends, God can use us in times of chaos, in times of instability, when we respond in faith or circumstances and we put our trust in him. Amen. My third point today is faith in God gives us strength. You know, I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking about the inner strength that God gives us to withstand the hard times, those painful times through sorrow, through grief, through the times that we're treated unjustly. He can strengthen our soul through suffering. The Holy Spirit will strengthen us as we choose to walk in faith and not faint. There's someone in the Bible that explained that so well. If you read the book of Psalms, you're going to find that David was one of those that poured out his heart to God in prayer. No matter what he was feeling, he always came to God with his requests, complaining um, for wisdom, for direction, for guidance, for strength. When he seen, he come in repentance, crying out to God. I mean, this man did it all, honestly. And that's the way God wants to come to him all the time, all the time. In Psalm 138, 3 says, on the day I call, you answer me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. Wow, I love that word so much. I love that. He said, God, make him bold with strength in his soul. So even though sometimes our soul could be fainting, sometimes we feel like we cannot even get out of bed, God can strengthen our souls, right? First Peter 4.13 says, but rejoice. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the suffering of Christ, so that you might be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. That leads me to Acts 16, 16, 31. I love this story, guys. Here, here we are going to read a story with Paul and Silas that took place in Philippi. In former city now is Greece. Um, Paul and Silas were evangelizing, doing ministry together in this area. Acts 16, 16, 40. Once we were going to place a prayer we were met by a female slave who had a spirit in which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way we, 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 to be safe. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoying that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And that moment, the spirit let her. When her owners realized that her, that her hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews, and they're throwing our city into uproar they, by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and, and the magistrates ordered them to, stripe, to strip the man and beat them with rats. 
after they had really flagged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When, they re when he received his orders, he put them into the inner cell and fastened their feet into the stacks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing sins to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. I, can you imagine that, guys? I can't. I wish there was a movie about that. <laughs> the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself. He thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer came, uh, called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out of, the, out of them and asked, sir, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all others inside the house. And at that hour the night, uh, at the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. They immediately he, immediately he and his old household were baptized. The jailer brought them into, into the house and set, it, and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and his whole household too. Wow, what a story, guys, right? What a powerful story of deliverance here. Starting with Paul commanding the demons come out of that fortune teller, send them to jail. Why would I thought that something like that would send someone to jail? But you know what? Missionaries back then were persecuted, and there's still today, there's people in those areas, missionaries that have been persecuted the same way that they were persecuted back then, all because they wanted to spread the gospel. They're just doing what God's asking us to do, and they were being obedient. So why? Because the fortune teller was a moneymaker. They were mad. The market, the people there, they were mad. The, the merchants were upset because this woman was making money for them. They were using her to tell the future to people, and they were charging. She was a moneymaker for them. And now they couldn't make no more money. So the merchant dropped Paul and Silas to the authorities in the marketplace. They accused him of teachings, customs that were illegal for the Romans right there to practice. They strengthened. They, they were beaten with a wooden rod. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they strike extra measures. Look at how this says this, extra measures for them not to escape. They throw them in the dungeon, and they still chain them up so they would not escape. So how did Silas and Paul respond on the present situation to the injustice that were just committed towards them? Did they react to upset? No. Did they complain? No. Did they even try to defend themselves? No. What did they do? Right in the middle of the night, they started to pray and sing hymns to God. And suddenly, an earthquake happens and all the jail's doors open and chains off. I'm getting goosebumps by reading this. <laughs> See, Paul and Silas were, joy, were joy, joyful, rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace in the name of Jesus. And God delivered them from the enemies. I mean, they were happy that they were there in jail for Jesus. They were, they, they were happy to, to, to partake in the suffering of Christ. If God suffers, I'm going to suffer for Christ. I'm meant to suffer for Christ. And they didn't complain. They decided to respond in a way that I know my Lord. I know I'm in jail, but I'm not alone. I know he says that I will be delivered. And God delivered him. God delivered them for the enemies. Then the jailer was shaken up about what happened. But he responded in faith. He asked, sir, what, what, what must I would, must do to be saved? I mean, the jailer was so amazed with what happened. 
And he wanted that. He wanted to serve the same God that Silas and Paul served. And Paul and Silas said to them, believe in the Lord and you will be saved. And him and his whole family came to Christ. Amen. I mean, what a story. The jailer was impressed with their faith to God. So he wanted what they had. See, just like Paulus and Silas today, God, you know, Lord, help us. Help each one of us here today to, to, to rejoice in trials, to respond in faith the, way, the, same way, the same way they did so our lives can be a reflection of our love and reverence to you always, God. So others can see your power displayed in our lives. And that's what the gospel is about. It's about us going out there into this world. As Christians, you know, we're going to suffer. We're going to go through things. But what's going to make a difference is the way we respond to God. The way we respond in the situations that we're in. So others can see, is that, it, I mean, is that not you? Because I would respond it differently. They know that, you know, humanness is impossible, right? So when they see the supernatural, they know there's something more. And they're going to want it. They're going to want that. I want that what you have. I want the power of Christ in my life. So once again, I want to ask you the question I asked at the beginning. And this is something for your own self. You don't have to answer. It's something to answer to your own self. Take, a, take an examine, examination of your heart today and say, am I living my faith throughout my circumstances? Am I limitations? Am I acting? Am I staying comfortable? Am I like avoiding it? Or am I allowing them to dictate, uh, to dictate the way I respond? And I want to encourage you today because you know what? As you heard today, the Lord gave Joseph a courage for her impossible situation. And he can do the same for you. He can do the same for me. The Lord gave me a stability over my situation when it was so out of control. And my father came to Christ. The Lord gave strength to Paul and Silas while they were in jail to pray. And God delivered them from their enemies. The Lord can do the same for you and me. When you live out your faith in your life through anything you're facing today. And I, I believe that with all my heart. And my prayer is that today, you live here today believing that today. That your circumstances will change. That your mindset will change. That the gospel will infiltrate in your life in a way that will make a difference in your life. And you let it transform you. And it will transform others around you that they want to come to Jesus. When you choose, when you choose to work, when we partake in, this, in his sufferings. We will go through life without pain. In the world, we will face trials. We will experience anxiety. We will experience sicknesses. We will experience injustice. And the only way we'll be able to stand is responding in faith, inviting the Holy Spirit to our pain, to comfort us, to heal our brokenness, to strengthen our soul, to restore us, and to deliver us from temptation. When you choose to walk by faith, a journey that will be very uncomfortable, Remember, we're taking the narrow way. It's not the easy way. But it's going to be life-changing, life-altering, and a transformative journey. A journey that will allow you to experience God in all his fullness and grace. A journey that will take you deeper. Who wants to go deeper in the relationship with God? You want to get deeper in the relationship with God and will impact your life and those, and those by the way you live. Today, I just want to finish um, the morning um, with some uh, promises. You know, the Bible is full of promises. The Bible is full of so many more stories that you can read. 
when your faith is decaying, when your faith, when your faith is like um, a pause and you don't know where to turn, open the Bible. Open the Bible and pray, God, reveal yourself to me. You know, God's word has a way to just come. I mean, sometimes when I'm reading, they just, I feel like they just come out of those pages and just hit me and wake me up. And they just illuminate my mind. And that God gives me direction when I don't have any. He, he guides me. He gives me wisdom in times of need. I mean, we need to read God's word to, to, be, to, to change. That There's no other way around it. To know Jesus is to read his word. To know Jesus is to love him. So Isaiah 41, 13 says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Here he promised he will help you when you are afraid. He walks with you guys in the darkness valleys. You will never, never walk alone in this life. He's with you until the end. He promises that and I believe that. Psalm 32a says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life and I will advise you. And watch over you. Here he promised you he will guide you. He will protect you. He gives you wisdom. When you don't know where to turn. When you don't know which way to go. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You know, we're not fatherless. The Lord promised to be our loving father. He is our father. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint. Here he promised us to strengthen us and to renew us through the valley, through the darkness valley in our lives. Amen. You know, can you picture that ego? You know, the egos are so strong and, and, they're, and, they're, and they fly so high, right? And picture that. Picture where you are right now. And you know what? I don't know where you are today in your life. I don't know what are you facing today. Well, let's just make, let's just encourage you. Let these words of God stick into your heart this morning. What you what you just heard this morning, and His promises that will awaken a faith in you that will stir your faith this morning. And you will say, "Yes, God, I want to live for you, and I want to live by you, God." Seeking, He said, "Those who seek Me earnestly, I would, I will be there for you guys." He will give us more than we can ever imagine, guys. And I've seen that in my life over and over and I know you've seen it so go back to those times that you seen God in the midst of your circumstances do not faint I'm even encouraged you this morning with that so I just want to close in, and just close in praise and if you need prayer I'll be here after service but in the meantime if you want to stand up and just let's pray together Oh, God, we just thank you so much God, we thank you for your promises God, we thank you for your word oh God God, we thank you for what you did for us in Calvary, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, that you promised to be faithful, oh God. We thank you, Jesus, that you, you, you said, I, Lord, do not change, Lord God. God, you are unchangeable, God. God, thank you, Jesus, for your love for us, Lord God. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being our provider, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, that through you we call our salvation, Jesus. Thank you that you are help and guidance. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our wisdom, our peace and love. God, thank you, Jesus, that we will have riches in heaven someday, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord God, for your provision over our lives and everyone here, Lord God. God, I pray for everyone here this morning, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you will meet them right where they are, Lord God. That you will speak to what they're, they're sensing right now. That you will speak to what they're feeling to their circumstances right now, oh God. God, that you will make a way the same way you made a way for Joseph. 
The same way you made a way for myself for my circumstances. The same way you made a way for silence and poor, oh God. Made a way for the impossible situation, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we could be courageous and bold, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we can have peace in the world that is chaotic at times, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, that in you we could have strength, oh God, every single day. That in our weakness we could be strong, oh God. We thank you, Jesus, today, God. We give you glory, oh Jesus, for all you have done and all you're going to do, oh God. Jesus, thank you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray.